This is Chris LeFay. And this is Jeff Bond. And welcome to the Chat with Leaders podcast, where we amplify today's best examples of leaders who use their influence as a force for good. And today, Jeff, I know you talked to Ayushi and Asta, and they were talking a lot about how their idea for their product that they have kind of stemmed from really a lot of earlier conversations around a dinner table about how their parents really just started helping them figure out from a very early age of how to talk about using their skills and their talents in a society positive way. What were some of your biggest takeaways from that conversation? Yeah, so they were significantly influenced by their parents' commitment to serving in the field of healthcare in underserved communities and government-subsidized hospitals as immigrants from India. And they had these conversations casually at the dinner table, and it really helped spur them to become socially conscious entrepreneurs in their new business, Yusta Yoga, where they are taking a product that they're manufacturing and bringing out into the marketplace and thinking broadly about how they can wield their influence and resources now as a force for good, not just generating profit, but to truly make a difference with what they're doing. And it really made me think about the significance of passing down leadership principles through generations and the profound effect that those that come before us have us. And that is one of the greatest responsibilities that I've found through leadership is to pass that down and to leave this world in the hands of people who can put it into a better place than where we found it. And I think there's a lot of meaning that comes from that. Well, this conversation was fantastic. Both these girls are absolutely wonderful. Their energy level is fantastic. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it back over to Jeff for the interview with Ayushi and Asta. Welcome to Chat with Leaders, Ayushi and Asta. How are you? We're doing well. How are you? Thanks for having us on the show. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. And I know that y'all were introduced to me by Ananya Jane, who's doing amazing work in the mental wellness space and destigmatizing, you know, the conversation around mental wellness with her company Full Circle. And we are all about amplifying the influence of not only established leaders that have, you know, quote unquote arrived in the world or executives or thought leaders, but we think about the five generations that are in the workforce now and the importance of rising entrepreneurs in the impact that they can have in the world. And I was just really caught by what y'all are doing with your business. I wondered if you could give me just a brief intro of Yusla Yoga and what you're all about. So Yusla Yoga is South Asian inspired athleisure designed by both of us sisters. We came up with this idea just with a quick brainstorming session at the dinner table super motivated to do this because of our own heritage, being from India, and our own roots in practicing yoga every morning, which is really related to Hindu culture in general and trying to bring that back to yoga and athleisure in general. So right now we have gone through the R&D process. We've done a lot of user interviews, you know, really want to make sure that what we're building is something that, of course, we love, but like other people are also interested in. And right now we're really at this, I think, pivotal point where we're about to go live. So we have a wait list. And what's next is pre-order and then, yeah, releasing this to the world. So <laughs> you caught us at the perfect time. We have been thinking about this idea and all the factors that go into the why and the mission and the operations. Yes, yeah, so it's from super 
super top of mind for us. Well, I love it because we talked about the importance of tracing origins and the generational impacts. So that segues really nicely into what I thought would be a great topic for us to talk about today. And I just get so much energy being around emerging entrepreneurs that are in this planning stage and launching the market. And uh, it's just so exhilarating. And everybody has to start somewhere. And I'm excited to hear more about this story. So first of all, can you share kind of your backstory and maybe Ayesha, you could start about how your parents immigrated to the United States and how they positively influenced you through their example of helping underserved communities? I think the two of us can't really talk about our life mantras or sort of why I used the yoga without putting our lives in context. And a lot of the motivation for why we care about social impact definitely arises from our upbringings. So both of our parents were born and raised in India and came to the United States for medical school. They chose to go to medical school and practice in rural and sort of inner city Tennessee and to very much be part of these like government subsidized clinics. This means that the people who they serve and who they work with are people who really need their help. And so that was, again, something that they really dedicated their whole life to doing. And in terms of what that means for us is growing up, they always instilled a sense of social responsibility. You know, we talked at the dinner table, every dinner we would hear about sort of not just from the medical point of view, sort of like what's hard about being a doctor, but just bigger picture questions about how do we increase equal access to healthcare? Um, and again, those were always conversations that we had very casually at the dinner table. So of course, for us, social impact is really important and something, you know, we really grew up with. But now a generation later, we definitely have expanded this sort of value beyond just creating access to healthcare. Although that's something we obviously both are very passionate about, but we want to focus on sort of our own way of social impact. And so for us, in a way that was actually found in UC Yoga, both in terms of bringing more awareness to sort of the origins of yoga, as well as thinking about how we can make sure philanthropy is in our DNA from the very beginning. I love that. Your parents would be so proud and just the reverence <laughs> to your culture and to the inspiration that they've shared. I think that's every parent's dream is to have what they're doing and their influence be passed down generationally and then see you guys come into the world fully alive as entrepreneurs, as adults. And also, what, what did that mean to you? I guess, sitting at the dinner table, hearing some of those stories about how they serve. It was very inspiring because it is something that we have just been constantly surrounded with. I mean, honestly, I just can't see life without having something so meaningful as a purpose to fuel everything else I'm doing. And like seeing my parents do that was a really good example for us, especially and kind of showing us how we should be gearing ourselves in our lives and just making sure that there is like the source of energy and passion is really important to make sure you like pack down and get it right. Especially with use of yoga, like knowing exactly why we wanted to do this is pretty much, it's really important when starting something new because whenever there's a roadblock, you might want to just give up. But when you actually know why you want to do something, it's really good into feeling the energy you need to get through anything really. Yeah. And in addition to how you're wielding your influence as an emerging for-profit company, why, I guess, has the origin story and, and really being so reverent to your cultural background with the clothing line and preserving that become so incredibly important to you? That's a great question. So first in background, I am a dancer and I'm surrounded with leggings specifically all the time. And we also do yoga a lot because it's really centering. But I think 
what gets really frustrating on my end is to see how the origin of yoga and that culture gets lost in translation almost to whenever I'm taking these yoga classes or people are wearing athleisure that is like meant for yoga, but it's honestly become materialized. And the sole purpose of yoga is really to center yourself and give yourself a goal of like meditation or even just a way to just like relax in the day. And it's like super vital to how we've been brought up because like, as I said earlier, like it's something we do every morning. Um, And so that person was really frustrating when I got into the studio and that was just all around me. And so when we had this conversation at the dinner table, which started use the yoga, we specifically wanted to target athleisure because of its close origins to yoga. And then being able to put our own designs and prints on it, kind of relating it back to the culture was super important to us because it's honestly just bringing awareness to yoga. And it might be someone's everyday activity, but really knowing why it's so meaningful to someone comes from the origins of the culture because of how geared it is to centering oneself and giving oneself purpose. I love that. Yeah. And with so many people in diasporas that have immigrated and kind of created these communities and you don't want that to be lost. You always want to be able to trace that back and really be reverent to that. And, and I think there's something that's really uh, neat about that. And we, I think we talked about in our last conversation about even in the hair industry and like in India, all the exports of, um, weaves and things like that, how the, like the beautiful hair that's shipped out never gets traced back. It becomes so Americanized and it really is neat to, uh, and, and reverent to your previous generation, your grandparents and their parents and so forth to be able to trace back those roots. So uh, really, really neat stuff. We are going to take a quick break for this message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by InspireEDU, a nonprofit organization putting technology devices into the hands of Atlanta's underserved communities. The need for technology devices has accelerated due to the pandemic, and Inspire EDU makes a positive difference helping marginalized learners. Through its partners and supporters like you, Inspire EDU helps learners become 21st century scholars. Learn how you can support their mission at iuatl.org. And now back to our chat. Ayushi, you've had a lot of cool experience in your collegiate career in entrepreneurship and startups and technology and AI and just so much to unpack there. But I guess what I was really interested in as the co-president of the Entrepreneurship Club and President's Advisory Council at Princeton, how did all that kind of experience inform your views on the impact you can have now through innovation, technology, and social entrepreneurship? I miss college, so it's nice to reminisce every (laughs) once in a while. You know, starting a a company in college and being very much ingrained in the entrepreneurship community definitely gave me the the core skill set for executing. But those two experiences that you just referred to, the leadership experiences, I think gave me such a different point of view, right? Because submitted entrepreneurship is like hustling in the weeds, getting stuff done, and you've got to do that. But then I got to take a step back and be like, okay, it's not just about me and the company that I'm building, but what can we do to make entrepreneurship more accessible to more people? And so it helped me change my views because that perspective required me to think big picture and not to sound you know, like a broken record or anything. But what I mean by that is something like, okay, one, what was really hard for me in starting a company? And is that something that other people face? For example, you know, I spent a lot of time with my co-founders fundraising 
And of course, it's important to get people bought in. But to some extent, after a couple pitch competitions versus spending six months on it, that I think really slowed us down. And so how that translates is through those two roles as the former co-president of the e-club and then to get really some insight into what the school itself was thinking about in terms of strategy for innovation through the advisory council stuff i was able to actually team up with a couple of friends and start princeton's first student run bc and so it definitely gave me a different perspective for like what we need to do big picture to increase more opportunities to entrepreneurship, but also what's in line with the university's mission, right? Because that made fundraising for that VC so much easier. Mm-hmm. I have never fundraised so easily in my life. I think that's like <laughs> the definition of product market fit, but for fundraising is yeah. when you tell people about your idea and they, you don't even have to ask them. They'll give you money. They say, where can I send the check? When can I give you this money? You know, and like, of course, that was definitely influenced and informed by those two experiences because I like saw the inside perspective. Like, what is a school wanting to do with entrepreneurship? And how can this venture capital fund really align with that goal? And I agree. I love the passion and the point there of access to entrepreneurship because I think, you know, through disruption and through emerging entrepreneurs and, and leaders like yourselves that, that feel like they can use their talents, their resources, their why, their values, and employ that in the world to make a difference. You know, we want to embrace that kind of entrepreneurship and be able to get them access to funding and the resources they, they need to scale quicker and not get so caught up in the weeds of those kind of early stage headaches. It is a grind. It is hard. You know, there are things that you're going to have to go through, but at the same time, if with the resources and the right intentions and the right core values and the right why, you know, that can really make a difference faster when you give people access like that. And so really cool that you formed that student-led VC. That's, that's pretty unique. You don't see a lot of that out there these days. And maybe that's a new trend for more students to form VC groups like that. Definitely. The last thing I'll say is, I think we recognize that, you know, bootstrapping is a really core part of those early stages. And that's where a lot of companies fail, whether it's at Wellpower, even now with Use the Yoga, right? Like all the R&D we've done so far is bootstrapping through our savings. And so I think obviously like being a new grad, I do have a little more dispensable income to like put towards that bootstrapping. But kids in college who are either taking out student loans don't have the means like it can be really limiting if you don't have funds early on to bootstrap. So that's a big motivator for why we started that. Nice to have the passion, the means, the resources to be able to have some runway to do that proper R&D and, and to build responsibly at the beginning with good feedback and a really well thought out solution. Asta, as you reflect on the example that's been set by your parents in previous generations, as well as the opportunities you have through the resources that you're gaining now as a rising entrepreneur and, and the vision forward, how do you hope to use that influence in your for-profit business as a force for good in the world? No, yeah, for sure. So I know that we talked about a lot already how that force for good has been instilled in us in the very beginning. And I think that is really important to have almost as an end goal and like something that we're always reaching towards. I think specifically how we're doing that is awareness, which is pretty general. And so it can be awareness of culture, but also awareness of the dire state that India is in right now. And so more specifically, we are thinking to have a certain model where there are certain people who might want to buy a specific type of legging design for a certain amount of money. And then part of that, the profit 
that is made from that design of legging goes to a nonprofit of their choice. And so that I think is really important, um, specifically if you're wanting to donate to India, because a lot of the money gets lost in translation when you're trying to help with the resources there. Like if they're run out of oxygen and you think you're donating there, like it doesn't necessarily always get to where you want. Um, And I think that it's really important to have a reliable place that people are okay with putting their money into. And then specifically, in this case, putting it into something that is directly related through the culture. And so that's one way that we are doing it for right now for just the force for good. Love it. And Ayushi, how are you viewing that responsibility and the weight of that and then the possibilities? Yeah, I think there are so many ways to integrate that and to really integrate and center one's company on doing social good. And so very specifically, Austin and I have talked a lot about what is the right way to integrate this into our DNA? We thought about X percent of profits going towards, you know, um, some you know organization of like our choice that we have done a lot of research on. We have also thought about, you know, maybe sending free leggings, like the one-for-one model that Rory Parker, as well as Tom's do. So we've, you know, really looked at comparables, other social entrepreneurship companies out there, but we're actually really excited to kind of pilot our own spin on social entrepreneurship while also really engaging our user base. So we are going to be incorporating this sort of social good mission by, in addition to selling like our traditional leggings, we'll also offer the ability for our customers and our users to actually kind of help us in like the design process of our next set of leggings and actually have that legging be named after them. And then what we'll do is all, you know, all profits from that legging or percentage, depending on sort of what this person like wants and what we think financially makes sense there is to make sure that they actually get to choose what nonprofit the funds go to. For example, it's like you you know numbers. Let's say it's like hundred dollars legging, and we're going to donate like X percent of that to the nonprofit of the person who the legging for named after. And so that way, we think it's good to like diversify the sort of causes that we are helping. But in addition to get people's input, because of course there are some nonprofits that you know we personally give to that we think are doing a lot of great work, specifically in India. But we know that you know more brains the better, and so we're excited to kind of pilot this to integrate social impact into our DNA, but to also give the people who love our leggings a chance to have you know like their name on it. So yeah, we're very excited to be piloting that soon. I love it. Yeah. And then then there's always the areas of greatest need that have an evolution and you'll continue to evaluate that over time. But what I love about your position as rising entrepreneurs is that consumers are going to demand it. You know, the companies that we work with, we're going to demand that they have some sort of corporate social responsibility and want to have a lasting legacy. And, And the world has many challenges. We're coming out of the pandemic and things are really bad in India right now, as you mentioned. And it's great that you guys are are thinking in these terms in terms of where is the area of greatest need and how can we channel our resources towards them with what we're doing. So really great stuff. If people wanted to follow your journey, learn more about use the yoga, get on your mailing list, do any of that, where would you direct them online? I would direct them to yusta.yoga. And I'll take you to a website just with about our story and hopefully to pre-order our leggings soon. I love it. You two are some of the coolest sister entrepreneurs I know. (laughs) 
and and I remember distinctly when you said ayushi like sushi and asta like pasta and I hope that other people remember that I can never forget that part we will certainly be posting those resources on our website chat with leaders along with the show notes in the episode thank you so much for your gift of entrepreneurship drive uh, with what you're doing and your social consciousness so glad that your parents uh, have brought you up in this world the way that they have and look forward to seeing all the successes that you have here going forward. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. We really enjoyed sharing your story and thank you for the great questions. And yes, excited to chat with anyone who listened to this podcast and is curious to learn more. We want to incorporate your feedback. So please reach out. Well, I highly recommend it. Thanks again. Hey, this is Jeff Bond and thank you so much for investing your time with us today. We'd be thrilled for you to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please also visit our LinkedIn page to join our leadership community by clicking follow. We're grateful for your engagement and for sharing the inspiration coming from our guests so we can add value to aspiring leaders in your network. Have a remarkable week and go be a leader worth following.